Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. Well, good morning. How you doing? Welcome to church. I am so glad that you're here this morning uh, feeling great. Uh, there may be a couple of you not feeling so great this morning. Uh, because yesterday we pulled carpet at Leesburg High School. It was, it was amazing. Let, let me show you a, a little picture here from yesterday. So that's a before picture of the carpet that uh, came over on the Santa Maria. And um, this is after we pulled it. Nothing more humbling than to, be, uh, than to be actually sitting there talking to someone and look over and see an 84-year-old man carrying a roll of carpet out to the dump truck. You know what I mean? Like, um, and it was funny because you're like, let me help you. Like, no, no, I got this. And, and, uh, and yet I have a feeling there was a lot of Ben Gay last night. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but anyway, thank you guys so much. All of you that came out um, and were a part and, and uh, helped out. So amazing. So uh, just so you guys know, uh, we had planned yesterday to pull carpet and to do some other things, but mainly pull carpet. And we actually planned Monday as a safe day. Like just in case we don't get done, the carpet people aren't coming to put the new carpet in until Tuesday. Um, well, just to tell you how much help we had and how hard everybody worked, we had to, my wife had ordered Chick-fil-A because we wanted to have holy food there uh, for everybody making their effort. So we had ordered Chick-fil-A and had it delivered and, uh, and everybody got done and it was like 35 minutes until Chick-fil-A was supposed to show up. So my wife is front of everybody, no, sit down, you have to wait for lunch. I ordered your lunch. So uh, anyway, thank you guys so much. So, so amazing. Uh, we're going to have another work day, just so you know. Uh, not only will we have vision night on uh, March 31st, so please put that on your calendar to join us that night. We're actually going to have a little bit of worship in the auditorium over there. Um, not everything's going to be done yet. We are putting in a brand new lighting system that will not be in yet at Vision Night, uh, but it's about a $60,000 lighting system that's going into the auditorium that is obviously we'll use, but it's also our investment into Leesburg High School. Uh, just so you know, the carpet that's going in, it's about a $20,000 investment. So bottom line, so you know what you have done and what you have accomplished as a church is that in the first quarter of this semester, we're going to invest about $100,000 into Leesburg High School. Um, and that's a, yes, give yourself and God glory for that. That's amazing. And, uh, and that's just a beginning. I'm just telling you now, that's a beginning. Um, we, because of that investment, we went in and, and um, we said, look, uh, we, we, they were like, well, what about rent and all this? And ran off at first, the principal, he was like, no, 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 we're not, we're, we're not doing that. Y'all are investing so much, we're not going to do that. And I went back and I said, no, I don't feel comfortable with that. Like, first of all, I like to pay my way. I'm, I'm just that guy. I like to pay my way. Uh, but also, I don't want anybody from the outside ever being able to say, uh, well, what's a church doing there for free, right? You know, kind of thing. And somebody stirs some kind of silliness. So we set up a contract with them. They send it off to the county, come back. I sat down with Randolph. He's like, all right, everything's approved. We're good. He said, and also I got the rent waived. And I went, dude, this is what, not what we talked about, right? So I'm arguing with the principal to try to pay him so we can be there. What a great problem to have. Yes. 
but what we're going to do actually is we're going to take those funds in our budget and put them aside and they're just going to be community or LHS funds. So when they need some uniforms or they need some balls or there's something on campus that needs to happen or whatever, uh, we're going to have that money set aside to invest it right back into the school. So I am so stoked about what is going on at Leesburg High School. I could just talk about that all day, but I'm not going to because we have something we need to learn today. Okay. Uh, but before I do, let me read you a thank you note. So church, you received a thank you note this week, and I thought this was really cool. Apparently, Don and Chris, which is a husband and wife, apparently Don works at Oak Park, and Chris works at Leesburg High School, right? And so this husband and wife sent a thank you note that says, Dear COT Lakes, we would like to thank you all for your generosity to us and our schools. Don and I are looking forward to our subway treats. I don't know if you remember, teachers got Office Depot cards, but all the rest of the staff, we gave them subway cards to thank them for what they do. So each one of them got a subway card, one of them at Oak Park and one at Leesburg High School. Thank you again for the subway treats. Thanks you, thank you again, and God bless you, Don and Chris Kotara. So uh, thank you guys for your generosity, because this is what it's allowing us to do, and it's the way it's allowing us to serve uh, our community. So... Um, amazed at what God has allowed us to do. I am not the most patient person in the world. Anyone else? Anyone else? Um, And so it's amazing to me how God has allowed things to go so fast in this church. And I think probably it was for Mike's sake. I'm just being honest with you. Uh, You know, because I don't know about you, but man, sitting and waiting on something and going, come on, God, what are we, you know, kind of thing. And God has been so gracious. But But today I want to talk a little bit about waiting. Where we are in the book of James, we're doing a study on on the book of James right now, and we're gonna we're gonna start out in chapter five. We've gotten to the last chapter. We've got this week and next week, and we're done with our study. But um, we're gonna talk a little bit about waiting. Who here likes to wait? Raise your hand if you just love to wait. Anyone? Yeah, I don't see any hands whatsoever. We don't like to wait. Um, A few places that you may not like waiting, um, with a car in front of you at a green light. People to stop talking in a movie. You know that? Like, or maybe like right now, you're trying to listen. Somebody's talking on the other end of the row, and you're trying to look at me, and you're like, shut up. You know what I'm saying? Um, parents to quiet down a loud baby. Uh, late coworkers, right? Somebody, you're waiting for somebody to show up kind of thing. I just saw two coworkers sitting next to each other in this section over here. Wasn't on the head, the other one eyeballing them. But anyway... I saw that, by the way. Um, Waiting at the doctor's office is fun. Uh, Waiting in airport security is so much fun. We love it. Um, Okay, little clue before I say this one. Let me help you out. Don't look at them. (laughs) Waiting for your significant other to get ready. Don't do it right here, right here, right here. (laughs) Marriage counseling. Um... Waiting in line at Starbucks. Come on, Chelsea works at Starbucks now. Chelsea, we need you to hurry up just a little bit because I need a latte right now. You know what I mean? Kind of deal. Or you ever hit Subway at lunchtime and you always get behind the person that's ordering for the whole office. I have 174 sandwiches and I like to pay for them individually. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Someone, oh my gosh, someone loudly talking on a cell phone. Right? In in public. Can I just... Okay, I'm going to rant for just a second, okay? I'm going to step over here because this is just Mike. This is probably not biblical. This is just Mike. 
please stop talking on your cell phone in public. If people are there, talk to people and put your phone away. And don't answer it. You can call them back. You know what I'm saying? Okay, it's back to the Bible. All right. Um, uh, someone late for an interview. Oh, how about customer service at Walmart? Yeah, those are some great places, right? And here's the issue. The issue is, is that you and I, we are a microwave generation, right? We're a microwave generation. I want it right now, okay? Uh, and, and it's so crazy how that's so true of so many of us. So I wanted to give you an example. So I brought this little box of fake fruit beautifulness called Pop-Tarts. Do you like Pop-Tarts? All right, if you don't like Pop-Tarts, you're un-American. I'm just telling you. Um, but but these, the problem with these, I asked my wife to go to the store and give me some Pop-Tarts yesterday. She got me strawberry. No, it's blueberry. I need blueberry. But anyway, she got. She said that's all they had. But here's my point. Waiting, waiting. I'm going to be a little ADD today. Anyway, so there's instructions. Did you know there's instructions on Pop-Tarts? Okay, let's, let's work on this a little bit. Okay, so I'm going to open these up. There's instructions on Pop-Tarts, which I think is fascinating when you think about the sociological study of our culture. Okay, so... So, so you open it up. Wait, wait, wait. Let, let's walk through this together for a toaster. Okay. If we're going to use a toaster, it says warm pastry in toaster at the lowest heat setting. Number two, cool briefly before handling. Come on. You ever burned yourself? You know what I'm talking about? It's that whole hot pocket thing, right? The, the outside is like lava and the inside is still frozen. Anyway, um, so that's the entire toaster instructions. That's all it says. But what I found the most fascinating is, did you know there are microwave instructions on a Pop-Tart box? Now think this through. I looked it up. I actually researched it. How long does it take for a Pop-Tart to warm up in a toaster? And it says the average Pop-Tart, if you want it at a perfect brown, is somewhere in between one and a half and two minutes. Okay, one and a half and two minutes, right? But just in case, you're just crammed today. <laughs> There's microwave instructions. Let's read the microwave instructions. Okay. And I just get this picture of somebody like, man, I'm in a hurry, dude. I can't do the toaster. Let's go with the microwave. How do we do this? Number one, remove pastry from the pocket. Well, I know where they're going now, right? Heat, check this, heat on high for three seconds. If you need to pop fry your Pop-Tarts, you might need to loosen your schedule up. That's my whole point. You understand what I'm saying? We are a generation that does not like to wait. And yet, within the scripture, there is all kinds of instructions on waiting. Right? On waiting, on persevering, on getting over. God, listen to me, God is not a hot pocket God. God is more of a crock pot God. You know what I mean? Right? You ever eaten something too early in a crock pot? And it's okay, but it's not as good as just if you let it simmer. You know what I'm talking about? Like you gotta let a crock pot simmer for a while to get all those flavors. To really come through. You know what I'm talking about? So true in our lives. So true in our relationship with God. 
that, that, that we want hot pockets, right? We want three second pop tarts, but God is a crock pot God. And here's the difference. The difference is, is that God is not interested in our comfort. God is interested in our character, right? And, and character takes time to build. It's, it's, it's got to simmer. It's got to grow. You got to go through trials. You got to make stupid decisions. You got to make good decisions. You got to go through this, this whole process, right? And so, and so we don't like this weight thing because we're a little more focused. We're a little more focused on the comfort aspect. I just want to be comfort, right? I want it all and I want it. Right? That's, that's, that's our mindset. And so, Jesus says this to us because it's interesting because most of the time when we wait, um, there's something tied to waiting called suffering. Right? Now there may be different levels of that. Like sitting in line at the DMV. <laughs> I've been waiting all week to say that. I have a whole row of DMV workers in this section. So I'm going to preach this direction for the next couple minutes. No, but waiting in line, whether it be DMV, Walmart, whatever, whatever, uh, uh, that may not be suffering. But let's be honest, you and I, most of the time in our lives, when we're really waiting on God for something, when, when we're waiting for that answer, we're, we're, we're sort of suffering. We're feeling some kind of pressure. We're going, God, help me to deal with this situation. God, I've got this addiction in my life. And I just, if you just fix it right now. Right? I, I want the Pop-Tart microwave version of me getting over this part of my life. I, I, I need you to do something in my marriage. I need you to do something with my kids. I need you to do something with my job. And I just, and I, I really, God, can we do the microwave version? But he's not a microwave God. He's a crockpot God. He's going to build our character through the whole situation. And understand, it's so crazy that Jesus... He told us this. John 16 and 33 says this. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. How do we have peace? In Jesus we have peace. But the next sentence. In this world you will have trouble. Catch, catch the dichotomy there. In other words, when you're in this world, you're going to have stuff. You're going to have, in the Greek it says, kakapuputiti. Right? You're going to have stuff in your life that, that is just there. And so Jesus says, look, peace is in me, but you will have trouble. That's the description of the Christian walk. That while we are here on this earth, you're going to struggle, right? You're, you're going to have stuff. We're all going to have stuff. Pastor might be more positive. I'm positive you're going to have stuff, right? But Jesus says, but in me... You have peace. What you and I are on a journey, those of us who are seeking to follow after Jesus and to live out this life, not just live for heaven, but live this life today. It's a journey of putting together the trouble and the peace. The reality of what we're going through day to day and what it is that we're having to deal with while finding peace in him. So here's a question I have for you. How will you respond to suffering? How will you re respond to suffering? How, how does that happen? Let me give you some options. You've heard these before. Number one is, is fight, right? That fight response. 
Right? In other words, you hit that tough situation or something. And you know what? It's some of us, and I'm kind of this personality. I'm this hard-headed, you know, something comes up, and I'm like, oh, we don't know. I'm going to whip this. Right? Me. I, right? Kind of thing. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's willpower. It's my strength. I'm going to deal with this. I can handle this. It's will. But let's just be honest. There are some things that we're not big enough by ourselves to fight. It's not always the greatest response. Number two, maybe it's fright. Some of us find ourselves in a place of fear where we're just, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I sort of feel like the walls are closing in on me. And we give in to fear. David actually wrote in one of his Psalms, he, he wrote, Oh, that I would have wings so that I could fly away. You ever felt that way? You ever felt like King David? Good Lord, give me, just give me some wings so I can fly away. Some of us have actually done that, right? We've actually run to other places thinking other places would help us start over, right? But how many of you know geography solves nothing? You know why? Because wherever you go, you're there, right? T.D. Jake says the enemy is enemy, right? The issue is... Within me, the issue, I have to deal with stuff inside of me to be healthier. And so geography maybe has nothing to do with it. So that, that fright thing, because that, that's number three, is flight that we take off, right? And so we usually think, and people will refer to this response, you're going to fight, you're going to have fright, or you're going to flight, right? This is, this is a normal response. But I want to submit to you today that there's a fourth one. There's a fourth option. And the fourth option is faith. Faith. God wants us to be faithful. Faithful means we stay the course. Faithful means I am full of faith. Even though I am in the middle of the trouble, I am peaceful because I find myself in Christ. Right? Peace in the midst of the trouble. That, that's kind of the, the idea. He wants to do, listen to me, so important. He wants to do something amazing through your situation. Are you hearing me? Through your situation. Be careful about asking God to just take you out of a situation. Because you might just be banging your head against the wall. It may be the situation he's using to build your character. Because remember, he's not concerned about your comfort. He's concerned about your character, right? And who, who he's created you to be. So what does it mean to have faith when you're, when you're waiting? What does it mean to be... Faithful. How do we do this whole thing in this idea of suffering? Charles Swindoll said this quote, The best way to endure life's race uh, to the end is to fully focus on Jesus Christ. In other words, faith is all about focus. Faith is all about focus. Faith is all about what am I looking at, right? What am, what am I thinking about? What am I focused on? Whatever you're focused on determines where you're going. Right? That, that can be physically. Right? If you're focused on chocolate cake, I'll tell you where you're going. <laughs> know what I'm saying? Right? It's, it's a focus. So Al challenged us this past week. Al's our trainer that works with us. Some of you don't know this, but um, we had a trainer that came and looked at Jen and I and said, Hey, this is my part of, of uh, investing in Church of the Lakes. Uh, I'll train you guys for free. 
So we have like one of the most expensive trainers in the area and he trains us for free. So when I talk about my personal trainer, don't be like, oh, Pastor Mike's banking. No, I'm not. It's free. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, Al, um, he, he says to us this week, he hooks us up to this stupid machine and it's a stupid machine. And you know why it's a stupid machine? Because it tells you how fat you are, right? It does body percentage fat. It tells you how much of your weight is muscle and how much of your weight is fat, right? Um, and so he hooks it up. We get a percentage. No, I'm not telling you my percentage. Um, but he challenged us and he said, so here's what we're going to do. The percentage is going to be uh, whoever loses the most and I forget how many weeks it is, but whoever loses the most at the end gets a free one hour massage. Guess what I'm focused on right now? I don't like massages. Can I tell you? But I want to win because I'm competitive. You know what I'm talking about? I'm going to give my wife that massage. I just want to win. Right? You know what I mean? So listen to me. So it's amazing because he wants us to do this fasting. So Friday, Thursday, Thursday. Thursday, we have elder meeting and we do some other stuff. Mr. Wally and I meet on some prayer stuff and all this. And then I'm like, I had already told Mr. Wally I'd take him to lunch. But that was our fasting day. So I can only have 500 calories all day. So we go to Wendy's. Y'all, I had a half a salad. Now, you don't, you don't know Mike Matheny, Okay. I know you guys think like, you know, I try to be healthy and all that. I don't. I work out so I can eat, y'all. I like to eat. You know what I'm talking about? Got to feed the Buddha. You know what I'm talking about? But, but, I went, but listen to me. It was all about focus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I want to win this competition, I'll eat a half a salad. Smelling everybody else's double baconator, whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 all about, it's all about what you're focusing on. Let me say it to you this way. Another great illustration. Many years ago, I got my motorcycle license and, and got a motorcycle. And so when I went, I had ridden dirt bikes before, but I had never ridden a big street bike. So I was freaking out. Like I was, you know, I was acting all cool. But on the inside, I'm like, dude, I'm going to lay this bike down. I mean, I was freaking out. So I went and took a course. And when they were teaching us um, how to do the, the turns, they taught us something crazy. And it is so unnatural to teach yourself to do this. So when you're riding on a motorcycle and you want to turn around, you want to do a U-turn. That's the scariest thing you can do on a motorcycle, in my opinion. Right? And you want to turn around. What you'll do is you start to turn, but your body wants to look at the problem here. You understand? What they tell you to do is look where you want to go. And when you look where you want to go, it just goes there. That's exactly, and it's, you have to make yourself do it. It's not normal. And that's what I want to say to you this morning. Faith is about focus. What is it that you're focusing on? So let's look in James and, and kind of get some ideas of how James would coach us a little bit. Um, because today I want to help you a little bit with your perseverance. I want to help you deal with the fact that you've got trouble, but I'm hoping today to help bring some peace in the midst of it because you understand how Jesus interacts with you through that. So James chapter five, I'm going to read verse one through six. That's not where we're going to focus today, but it's the setup for the rest of it. So let me give you one through six and talk through it a little bit. Now, listen, you rich people weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Well, this is a good start. That's fun. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your, your, your gold and silver are corroded. 
Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. This is amazing, right? This is fun. But listen, here's what it says. Let me, let me break that out a little bit. Your wealth is rotted. In other words, we love to collect stuff. I'd love to go and look in your garage today. Anybody's garage look like mine. Like you're just shy of being on the hoarder show. Because how we collect stuff. Anybody else collect stuff? And when you first get it and it's awesome and it's shiny and it's new and it's wonderful. And then now it's like got rust on it and it's sitting in the corner. And about every two or three years you find a new space for it. That makes you feel better because it fits in that corner better than it was in that corner. Kind of, and we think they, they, this is what he's saying. He's saying... We're so focused on collecting stuff. We have things of this world. And guess what the things of this world do? They make us feel comfortable. Right? Is it wrong to have things? No, 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 no. It's not wrong to have things. It's not wrong to be rich even. What is wrong is to misunderstand why he gives us riches. He doesn't give us riches for our comfort. He gives us riches that we can be a blessing to others. Right? And so what, what James is warning us here is, is if you're just going to collect stuff, it's just going to rust. It's just, it's just going to go on. He goes, he, he goes on and says, uh, your wealth is rotted, miles of eaten clothes, your gold and silver is corroded, their corrosion uh, will testify against you, eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Catch that sentence. In other words, he's saying it's the last days, guys. Hey, Jesus is going to come back. And while you're holding on to things to, for your comfort, pe- lost people need to be reached. We're missing the idea of using our resources to reach lost people, and instead we're focusing on making ourselves feel comfortable. That's that's what that says, right? You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fatted yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent ones who was not opposing you. Okay, got through that part. That was a big setup, right? That, That was, that was, that's kind of harsh, but there's a reality of what James is trying to say to us. And he wants us to look at this idea of us suffering as comparison to how much we have and what we're doing with it and what the purpose of it really is, right? So now let's pick up into James uh, 5, 7. So because of that, and in, in, in some, some of the translations it says, therefore... Right? So in other words, what we're going to study now is follow up from what was before that. That, that. that all this stuff that we have and all these things, we've got to be careful that we're not using them for our comfort, but we put them in their proper perspective of what they're supposed to be used for. He says, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop. Patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. In other words, if faith is about focus, I think the fill in there for you is you got to learn to focus on a vision. You have to learn to focus on a vision. We are the people of God. We are to be people of vision. And let me start with this vision as number one hell. Hell is very real. Hell is an eternal place. And people all around us are going there every day. We need to take it very seriously. Then when I'm looking at my neighbor and I don't know if they know Jesus, that's where they're going for eternity unless I do something about it. 
Like, like we need to grab a hold of a vision and an understanding of this is very real. This is intense. This is no game. So I need to stop playing comfort with all my stuff and the things that make me comfortable. And I've got to turn my resources around in some way to serve and deal with their eternity, right? The farmer, listen to this. It's funny because the farmer starts, when you think about it, the whole process here, he's using this farmer illustration. He starts with seeds in his hand, right? Farmer, he goes out, plows the ground, puts out seeds. And then what it talks about here is vision, that he has a picture of these trees that he's going to eventually get, right? And so he's got to go through the process. Remember how we said he's a crockpot God, not a microwave God? You ever notice trees don't, you don't, you don't put the seed in, come out the next day and it goes... No, it, 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 it takes some time. God's economy and the world's economy is very, very different. And we've got to be careful about getting caught in the world's microwave economy. Right? In this idea. And so he says, he starts with seeds. And he, and he patiently waits and he has a vision. And he does all the work. How, how many of you know farming is hard work? Right? It is hard, a lot of work. It's dirty and it's dry and you, you don't get to not do it because of the weather. You go out in the weather and you do it anyway. You, 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 I mean, there's, there's a perseverance to farming. That's why he uses this, this illustration. But it's funny because I think we have a tendency to ask God for trees. And you know what God does? He goes, all right, here you go. And he gives us some seeds. And we go, no, 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 God, I don't think you understood me. I want some trees. He goes, yeah, 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 I gave you some seeds. And how many of us may be sitting here today? We're waiting for God to give us the trees. But he's already given us the seeds. We just, we just are lacking vision. We're lacking the reality of what it is because we have been chasing a vision of the world that says, make yourself comfortable. I want trees now. I want trees Today, can I microwave these seeds and get my trees? Right? That's not the way it works. So we've got to be a people that learns if we're going to have faith, we've got to focus on a vision. We've got to, we've got to get some vision and understanding of what it is that God is trying to accomplish. I've got some thoughts uh, about what Church of the Lakes might look like in the future. And I'm not going to tell you because you would freak out. I, I got some thoughts. There's some big trees. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I see redwoods kind of thing. Not because I, we want to be the biggest and the best, just because I think there's a, thousands of people that need to hear about Jesus. And that's our responsibility. And so we're going to do it like gangbusters, as best as that we can, right? You've you got to get a vision. You need to get a vision for your office place. For, for the people that are there. You need to get a vision for your neighborhood. You, you, you need to get a vision for what it is. And if you're lacking vision, listen to me. You need to get around some people that can help you develop some vision. Why don't you stop hanging around with the people that tell you to make yourself comfortable? Can I give you the best piece of advice you might hear today? Stop calling the people that are going to give you comfort answers for answers. Stop calling them. Call the people that are gonna, you know are going to tell you, you need to do this. And you need to do that. You know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that, right? But then, then we would stop going after the yes men in our lives. And we would start going towards the people that would go, come on, get up. 
get your eyes focused on what it is that God's called you to do, you can do this. And within this room right now are some amazing, amazing ministry potentials. Not just for Leesburg or Lake County, but even to the ends of the earth, because that's what God has called us. And if you don't have a vision for that in life, in your life, you need to get around some people that can help you grab that vision. And I would suggest you might want to start by going to our life steps. Because that's what we do. That's our whole goal is to help you to start to get some vision for who you are and how you're created and how you're wired, what it is that God has called you to do. And then let us get you into a small group where you can develop relationship and get around each other. The greatest thing that happened yesterday was not carpet. The greatest thing that happened yesterday was relationship. Right? That is the most important thing. You know why I know it's the most important thing? They came to Jesus and they said, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. What is that? That's relationship with God. And the second is like it, that you would love your neighbor as yourself. What is that? That's relationship with others. The two greatest commandments, Jesus says, is about relationship. Relationship. You need to get around some people that stop poor-mouthing. Come on, y'all. I don't know what it is. There's something in Lake County. I really think it's a spirit, to be quite honest. Well, it's just Lake County. That's not how we do things around here. <laughs> Come on. If you're hanging around that person, you need to say, man, I love you and I hope you do well, but I got to go find somebody to hang around that's going to look at me and go, no, no, no. The life is way bigger than what you're looking at right now. God's got more right now that he wants to do in your life. And you got to get a vision that's bigger than what you're seeing right now. Come on, guys. How? Tell me a year and a half old church that can invest $100,000 in a school. Listen, in Leesburg. Think that through. That's insanity. Now, I didn't even envision that. That's a Redwood. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? When I said I'm going to launch another church, people are like, we don't need another church around here. To which now I say, apparently you did, because ain't nobody else putting $100,000 in Leesburg High School. And God did that. Listen to me. And I'm not dogging other churches. Do not hear that. Do not hear what I'm saying to you is this. we got to get some vision. And the vision is bigger than us. Pastor Mike, let's buy a property. Let's build a building. And God said, no, I don't want you to build a building. I want you to go where the people are. You know what would be a lot more fun? If I had a nice big office. My own bathroom in it. And one of those prophecy doors in the back of the church, you know what I'm talking about? Where when that guy comes in the front, I can go out the back. You know what I'm talking about? That's, that's real, y'all, just so you know. It'd be a lot more comfortable. It'd be a lot more comfortable for us to have our own space. It'd be a lot more comfortable for us to have our own stuff than to do this or to go in the high school and have to work with this and change that and do that and work around. God's not worried about our comfort. God's worried about our character. You've got to get a vision. Right? Faith, perseverance is about focusing on a vision. Look at, at verse 8. You also be patient. Oh, I love that word. Don't you love that word? I dare you this week to pray for patience. Because he'll give you some opportunities to practice patience. Right? Like I just looked down and saw Chelsea for some reason. I can imagine Chelsea praying for patience this week. What kind of customers she would get at Starbucks. Right? But catch the next part. Listen to this. Also be patient. Establish your heart. Ooh, sir, underline that, circle that, highlight something. Establish your hearts. 
For the coming of the Lord is at hand. I think what James might say to us there, if we would say it in our own language and talking about focus is, why don't you focus on what you can actually control? Why don't you focus on what you can actually control? You know what's the only thing you can actually control? Right here. He says, establish your heart. He's looking at these people. They're church people. They're going through mess. They're being persecuted. Everything's going on. And he says, hey guys, stop focusing on all that stuff. Establish your heart. Establish, establish me. I, I, I got a ground mic. And when you talk about heart or soul... That's kind of the middle of us, right? That's, that's, a, that's a reference to, we don't totally understand that, but we've got a physical body and we've got a spirit coming from God. And where those overlap, we seem to have this area that we refer to as soul or heart, right? And what's in there is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. And I think what James is saying here is, hey, I need you to establish your mind to establish your will and establish your emotions. In other words, if you're going to establish your mind, you've got to replace your thoughts. We talked that a while back. You can go back and listen to the teaching. To replace your thoughts, right? What are you thinking about? What are you focusing on? Because I've got to establish my mind, and my mind has to be focused on, just like Mr. Swindoll said, on Jesus and what he's called me to do. And who it is that what God says about me, not what this world says about me. And I don't care that your parents looked at you and told you you would never amount to anything. They only said that because they were hurting and they said it out of a place of hurt. Your heavenly father says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I love the visual of my father and your father looking down from heaven and we feel like junk. And there's not one of us that don't have those days. That we don't like what we look at in the mirror. We don't like who we are. We get on social media and we compare all day long and we don't seem to measure up. And here's the picture. Your heavenly father looking down at you and just giggling. Look at, look at him. Look at her. They're so cool. That he loves you in that way. That he thinks so much. Establish your mind on the realities of who God is and how. Establish your will. Establishing your will is about pain tolerance. Establishing your will is about pain tolerance. Listen, if God is worried about our character more than our comfort, we better get used to some pain. Right? Didn't Jesus say you're going to have troubles? So let me challenge you to do this. You need to build your pain tolerance. Okay? So, I just looked down and saw Jonathan. Um, Jonathan is a freak of nature, okay? Because Jonathan runs 100 billion miles all the time, right? Like, he came to our men's group, not this past Saturday, but Saturday before. He came to our men's group at 8 a.m., but he had already run 20 miles that morning. I know, you threw up a little bit in your mouth. I know, right? (laughs) But listen to me, listen, what Jonathan has done is he's developed a pain tolerance. Do you you understand what I'm saying? There's there's a pain tolerance there. And we need to develop a pain tolerance in our lives. Because if we have no pain tolerance, we go chasing comfort. So let me challenge you with this. Maybe you purposefully do one hard thing every day. 
Why, why, why don't you decide? I'm going to do, what is it? What is it for you? What is it right now that the Holy Spirit would speak to you and say, what's that thing you, you kind of hate? What's that kind of thing that you're just like, oh, you know, I don't. And why don't you challenge yourself this week to do it every day first? You know why? Because I'm developing some pain tolerance. Because I'm establishing my heart. I'm establishing my will. To, 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 and, then, and then you have to establish your emotions. And how do you establish your emotions? Well, you balance your emotions with God's promises. Because if you don't stand on God's promises, your emotions can just go nuts. Come on, anybody ever lost it? <laughs> anybody lost it this morning? Yeah, you know, right? But the balance is... Who God is, what he says about me, what he says about this world. The fact that he has overcome this world, Jesus said at the end of that verse that we read earlier. That's how we establish our emotions, is we balance it out. James, let's look at 5.9. The next verse says this. Don't grumble against one another. It's amazing how he's like hitting these points. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters. Or you'll be judged. In other words, what's the first thing you do you do when you're uncomfortable? Did you see what she wore to church this morning? Those shoes are so five minutes ago. Come on, ladies, you get a little catty sometime. You know what I'm talking about. Right? It's so amazing how quickly we start focusing on other people. And we are so good at figuring out what's wrong with them. While we have blinders about ourselves. Right? He says, don't, don't grumble against others, brothers and sisters, you, or you'll be judged. The judge is standing at the door. In other words, God's going to take care of it. So we need to focus on, we, we have to take time to focus on a vision, right? We, we need to get, get a vision of, of some sort. And then we've got to establish our hearts. So I need a vision. I've got to establish my heart, my mind, my will and emotions. And then I, I, I've got to focus on healthy relationships, if, I, if I'm going to live out this faith life, if I'm going to live this life that God's called me to live, I've got to focus on healthy relationships, right? How I interact with other people. Listen to me, not when it's good, how I interact with other people when I'm suffering. How I interact with other people when it stinks. Because it's going to stink this week at some point, right? Somebody's going to say something dumb. The kids, you're just going to be at that place with the kids where you're like, I, this is why tigers eat their young. I mean, you, you know, kind of, de- right? I mean, there's a reality. Listen, listen, how do we interact with people? How do we have healthy relationship? Well, let me give you some thoughts on what a healthy relationship might look like. Okay. Number one, a healthy relationship is submitted to God's word. Period. Whatever kind of relationship, friendship, romantic, marriage, dating, whatever it is, it's got to be submitted to God's word for it to be healthy. In other words, you can't scoot around what it is that God says, right, about doing healthy relationships. It's got to be submitted to God's word. There needs to be affection. Do you know what affection is in a healthy relationship? It's shown love. In other words, it's more than words. A healthy relationship has healthy actions. Right? There's, there's affection to it. There's respect. Right? But the problem is, is that respect for others starts with respect for ourselves. If you don't respect yourself, you're not going to show respect to others. If you're not in a relationship that has respect, you should get out of that relationship until it learns to. Shared values. 
There's just this thing we used to laugh in, in, with the teenagers, and we called it missionary dating. You ever seen this? Where a girl's like, oh my God, he's so cute. And I'm, By the way, girls are attracted to what they hear. Guys are attracted to what we see, but girls are attracted to what they hear. So that's why you like see the hot girl with that guy, and all the guys go, what in the world? Because they're attracted to what they hear. Right? It's, it's when he says the nice things and he says the right words and those kind of things. So, so some joker comes along and says something to her and goes, Oh, man, you're, you're, you're amazing. And really, I love this about you. And she's like, Oh, thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. Would you come to church with me? He's like, oh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really go to church. Right? I, don't, I don't really go to church. But come go, you know, just come go to church with me. Listen to me. Values don't make for a healthy relationship. And so be very, very careful, okay, about this concept. Because to have healthy relationships, you have to have some shared values. And it makes it very, very difficult if it's not. I'm not saying it never works. I'm saying very seldom, though, does it if you don't share values. And so you've got to be very careful in that aspect. Honesty, trust, these are obvious ones. And the last one I would say for a healthy relationship is freedom to be me. Freedom to be. If you change yourself around someone, that's not a healthy relationship. Right? So, so we need to focus. If we're going to walk out this faith life through the suffering and the troubles of this world, and, and, and we're going to have this thing called faith that we have in Jesus Christ, and we set our faith on Him so that we have peace inside of troubles, right? We're going to focus on some vision. We've got to get beyond ourselves like the farmer and focus on vision, right? We've got to establish our hearts, right? He says then that you have to focus on healthy relationships. This is, this is how we do this. James 5, 10 through 11, it goes on. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering. All right, here's what we're talking about. Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. So he's going to refer back to these guys that were in the Old Testament who lived, you know, a couple thousand years before this kind of deal. And he says, let's, let's look back and think about these guys and kind of what they did. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance. If you don't know the story of Job, dude loses everything. I mean, everything. And he's suffering. He's sitting there. He's got boils on his body. And he was a really rich guy. And he's sitting there with nothing in the dirt and boils on his body. And it was a, ch- it was a test. It was simply a test to see how he would respond to that. He says, says, says take in, 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 uh, you've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord, catch this. This is what we got to focus on. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. The Lord is full of compassion. The last thing that I think we need to focus on if we're going to walk through this life with faith is we've got to focus on God's character. Let me ask you, who is your God? Who is your God and how do you envision Him? Because if He's just... Zeus up there with a lightning bolt going, yeah, go ahead, screw up again. That's, that's, that's not who my God is. My God is full of compassion and mercy. The scripture says his mercies are new every morning. I, mean, I, I don't do that. Do you do, I don't, do you do that? I don't do that. Like, I love my kids, but my mercies are not new every morning. Come on. Are your mercies new every morning at work? Like every day you walk in and everybody's got a clean slate. You're like, hey, how y'all doing? So good to see you. What a cool God. 
that although we walk away from him and we do things that are outside of his will every day, we have attitudes and thoughts and things that go through our hearts every day, and yet he is still full of compassion and mercy. Right? That we would focus on his character, focus on who he is, what he's called us to do, back to vision, right? How he wants to establish our hearts. This is, this is, faith is all about focus. There's a, two guys walking down a road, one younger guy and one older guy. And the younger guy is just complaining about his life, right? There's some whining and this, and my wife, and parents, my kids, my job, and that job forever. They don't appreciate me. Like three people got promoted before me. And he's just whining and carrying on just forever, it seems like, walking down this road. And finally, the old guy looks over and he sees there's a stone stone wall and there's a cow just sitting there looking over the wall at him and he says to the young man he says why do you think that cow's looking over the wall young man's oblivious right because he's been whining the whole time they're walking why do you think that cow's looking over he's like what are you are you listening to me he didn't say it but he's, are you listening to me i'm complaining here are you listen, are you paying attention to what i'm going through here right he says what why do you think that cow's Looking over the wall. And kid goes, I, I don't know. And he says, because he can't see through it. Are you stuck staring into your wall when you need to look over it to who your God is and what he's called you to and the vision that he has for your life? Because Jesus said, you will have suffering. You're going to have walls. But if you sit there like this and stare at the wall, that is your life. Know that you would pick your head up over the wall and go, I don't know what this is right now. God's doing something with my character, but I'm focused on who he is. He's good. He is a good God and he's compassionate and he is merciful. And at some point this wall's coming down. I don't know when it's coming down, but if I do this, all I'm going to do is whine about it. But if I pick my head up and focus on who he is, that's faith. Faith is about focus. What are you, what are you looking at? What are you focusing on? Get your head up out of the wall and focus on who your God is. How great are God's promises? How faithful is he? His mercies are new every morning. Every morning he gets up and gives me a clean slate. Man, focusing on the compassion and mercy of God. Who is never surprised by the things that happen. That's crazy. Never surprised. Makes all things turn out for good. And has all things under his control. Let me ask you a question. Will you turn your faith back to him this, this morning? Will you pick your head up out of the wall? Understanding he's a good God. And focus your eyes back on Jesus this morning. Right? To understand he, he is the author and finisher of your he is the one. You, you don't have to fix it all today. Hear this. You don't have to fix it all today. You, you don't have to make it all perfect. You don't have to figure out how to chop the wall down. You just got to pick your eyes up today to the one who has all the answers and place your faith in him and trust. God is developing something in my character. He's doing something inside of who I am. And then there's others of you today that ask you the question, would you place your faith in him today for the first time? You've never had that opportunity to say, I need to pick my head up out of this world. 
because this world's dark and crazy and weird and the walls are kind of ugly. But you need to know there's a God in heaven who loves you, has a plan for you, and take you right where you are, right here today. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for who you are and your promises. And God, so grateful, so grateful this morning of how amazing you are. Help us. When I think of the man in scripture, God, where he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. Boy, isn't that us somewhat today? Some of us here today, God, I, I, I got faith. Like, I, I, I think you're there, God, and I, and I trust that you're, you're God, and I, I think you're God. But would you help my lack of faith today? Would you help me to pick my head up from the walls of my life that seem to be hewing me in and dragging me down to pick my head up to trust that you're doing something and you're working something out it's going to ultimately be for your glory and for my blessing and for those today that you need to pray and ask Jesus for the very first time you need to surrender your life and say I don't know I'm tired of banging my head against the walls Jesus would love for you to come home to him today and just put your trust in him I know you don't get it all. I know you don't have all the answers. You don't totally understand what that looks like. That's right. That's why it's called faith. It's just picking your head up. And you just pick your head up to him today and say, Today, I give you my life as best as I understand Jesus. And so I'm going to pray a prayer for you. I'm going to give you words. And you have to put the heart to it. If that's you today and you would need to make a decision like that for the very first time, you might pray something like this. Jesus, I surrender my life today. As best as I can understand today, God, I want to give you my life. Thank you for loving me right where I am. And as best as I understand, I'm going to do my best to try to learn to serve you and live out the life that you created for me to live. Help my focus to get off of this world and the troubles and onto Jesus, onto you, so that you'll bring peace to my situation. I ask it. Jesus name and all God's people said amen if you would would you pull out the connect card that's inside your experience guide there and uh, if it's your first time here let me say welcome we are so glad you're here Uh, welcome to Church of the Lakes we're only going to be here for six more weeks Um, and then we are moving to Leesburg High School so I'm going to remind everybody that every week but uh, but uh, if you would it's your first time here fill out that card just name phone email and date of birth that's all we need so it's really quick and easy um, if you need to, um, if you want to sign up for something, if you need to mark on there today, I accepted Jesus. There's a place where it says, I decided to follow Jesus. You can circle that or mark that. Uh, we would love to know that today you made the decision. That's the greatest decision you're going to make in your entire life. And, uh, and then on the back, there's a place for a prayer request. And our prayer team will pray over your prayer request this week. So our ushers are going to come to receive our tithes and offerings. And you can drop that connect card in the bucket.